why do we have a need to pursue excellence? And I'm not asking for answers to be uh, spoken, but it's just for something just to, to set the tone, set your mood, and just to stretch, stretch our brains just a little bit. Is there a lack of this type of pursuit? Not, no need to look around. This is personally uh, a message for yourself. Is it even important? Is it okay just to be okay? Is it okay to be just mediocre? Everybody else is doing it. You know, should we be excellent? Why should we be excellent? These are the type of messages or questions that I had thought about as I was preparing for this message. Well, after all, aren't we saved by God's grace? Well, because we didn't really deserve it, we didn't really ask for it, but God loved us so much that he gave his only son for all of us, for the rest of mankind. So as, you know, as believers, if God has given us um, salvation by grace, all we have to do is say yes, right? Yeah. And everything is done for us, right? God died, it. Jesus died on the cross for us, right? And therefore, everything's all good. Everything is peachy. Nothing to worry about. God's taking care of everything by his grace. So, um, we also know that God has also created us out of excellent because he was excellent. He set a standard for us. He set um, the path, the route, the route, however you want to say that, uh, for us to follow in his footsteps. Number one, that would please him. He created us. He knows every single hair on the back of our head. He knows the days of our lives. He knows the steps that you would walk. He knows the, the sins that you're going to commit. And yet he did it anyways because he loved us. So if he had created us out of excellence and he called us to excellence, um, we were also created in his image. Shouldn't we also strive to be excellent in everything that we do? And the truth of it is um, all you have to do is just look at yourself. Um, I think about a month, a month and a half ago, I spoke on a message, and I uh, titled it A Life of Being an egg Excellence," And I did that around Easter. So my question to you as we're uh, about to dive into the word is, uh, are we really living, living an excellent life? And is it really, really apparent? Would God be pleased at our efforts today? Um, so it takes a level of maturity. It takes a level of honesty and humbleness to... If it, if it means enough to you, you would just be self-reflecting. You'd look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know, am I doing my best? Am I trying hard? Or am I just, just doing it just to do it, you know, just to kill the time? I'm here for 30, 40 years. But if you've had a, a lengthy journey into your faith and into your walk in God, you know that if you take your next breath tomorrow, God is not done with you. He's not finished. He has a, he has a journey that you have not embarked on. He has already set everything all you have to do is sort of follow his footsteps, follow the outline that he's given. The outline is right here in God's word. Um, the message comes out of scriptures out of 2 Peter <clears throat> chapter 1, thank you, verses 2 through 11. And if we can put that up on the uh, board, there it is. It's a lot, and I believe I cut it in half. So if you don't mind, uh, we can stand, we can sit, but I'd just like everybody just to read along with me uh, as uh, everything is already on your display. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divining power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great 
and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Verse 5. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. Verse 8, for if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Verse 10, therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly in the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. My sermon title today, and it depends on where you were born and raised, either in America or outside, two words. It's a play on words. Uh, if it's displayed up there, my sermon title is called The Root. R-O-U-T-E. Some people say route. I've heard it said root, but I also want to call it the root to excellence. Okay, the root or the root to excellence. Father God, Lord, as this message comes, Lord, the message is be just only about you, Lord. Let your children just hear this message and the words be just totally applicable for them, Lord. Um, let these words be uh, just true and pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Chapter one, the root or root to excellence. This is going to be... Um, I think it's going to be fun. You know, sometimes I like to just, you know, sometimes I joke around. We've done gift cards. We've done cartoons. We've done like this. But today I'm going to do a play on words, and hopefully you catch it. And if it does, then it's exactly what it's meant to be. It's to put impression on your heart um, so that even after today, if the message, if you don't hear anything and all you hear is root and root, okay, you think about what do the words root and root mean to you every single day, okay? <clears throat> The background of this um, segment of Second uh, Peter um, was about actually Simon Peter. And before he was actually called Peter, he was called Simon. So his birth name was Simon. And later on, when he got a, began to be um, relied upon by Jesus Christ as in that circle, in that realm, and he began to have a relationship and a bond so close that his name was changed to Peter. And many people just call it Simon Peter. So that name was given to him by Jesus. That means rock-like, rock-like thinking or behavior. So rock is hard, uh, not necessarily hard-headed, but in the context, I believe it to be consistent, persistent. Um, nothing is uh, unwavering. Uh, I harness, not prone to easily be um, susceptible or influence. Um, so First Peter, uh, the preceding chapter, was written to encourage Christians under the threat of violent persecution. Uh, I do believe that Second Peter was written to warn those same believers of the dangers of false teachers, false teachings, and harmful influences. And this is the root to my message today. Harmful influences can be everything outside, can be the environment, but harmful influences could also be self-inflicted, actually. I think a lot of people say your worst enemy is actually yourself. 
you convince yourself to think otherwise. God pours all this pulling and, and pushing on your heart and on your mind and on your spirit, but the only person that gets in the way is actually you. God doesn't give you an opportunity where he opens the door. He says, ha-ha, boom, close the door. That's not the way he operates, right? The only person that stands in the way of that door is either yourself or you, you actually think, no, I know God's behind that door, but I'm going to take this door. Or God says, follow me in this route, but you take your own route. Okay? So Peter exhorts his readers to live holy and godly lives while awaiting Christ's, com uh, what Christ's coming. So in this segment, um, he is actually addressing Christians already. But because of uh, the Roman Empire in this time, a lot of the small tribal nations were under severe and extremely hard persecution. But this was a call to encourage them to, number one, and most importantly, to give, to live godly and holy lives. Because it was the one way to keep everybody afloat, to keep you sane, to keep you still connected with Jesus. Moving on, um, my first point is called, um, where's the root? There you go. Christian contentment versus complacency. And the first three points are saved by grace, lost by grace, complacency kills, and which root you will choose. I'm going to go first with Christian uh, contentment. You know, so I, also, I first started asking us um, just to get our brains and our mind going about you know, why do we often um, think of excellence as something that, you know, maybe we possibly cannot attain? We all know that there is only one excellent and one perfect being that ever walked this ground. Um, and he walks in spirit and he walks in our hearts. But we're never going to be perfect. But we can also also try to be God-like. You know, he did create us in his image after all. Shouldn't we try, at least attempt in our lives, to be excellent? You know, he created it that way. So I believe the major problem that we run into in regards to excellence is actually geographical. Okay, so this is my first, if you can call it, play on words. Um, it's not only a spiritual, but because it's geographical, I believe that we have been perhaps lost believers. Um, and God gave his son's holy life for us to ever exist that we might one day know him and have an everlasting life um, and, a, and a lifetime of journey and pursuit of um, living in excellence. But I called it lost by grace because sometimes we forget that, you know, because we're saved by grace, we don't have to do anything, you know? Um, and then we lose our way sometimes. We're human after all, right? We're going to falter, okay? That's, that's just truth. And nobody's ever going to be just, ah, it's okay. God made me. I'm perfect. And then that's life. It's, you're going to miss out on the journey. You're going to miss out on the, the application, um, the life lessons that you will learn, the lifelong relationships and friendships, um, and, and the degrees in school. Every achievement that you have, it's not by accident, not by coincidence. God puts you on that route uh, so that you can follow that. And those are the ordained steps that Jesus has set forth before you. So sometimes... We lose sight of the excellent route, and it's not because somebody has pulled us away. We pull ourselves away. So we're human. We're going to make those errors, and then, but it's okay because God has made a way for us to come back to that route. Surrender everything and allow him to... So if God is in control, should we just allow God just to do everything? It doesn't work like that, okay? If we did that, then 
we were missing the whole picture. Like I said, we, we were given an opportunity to live this life. We were given an opportunity to walk this earth. You make the best of it, and I guarantee you, along your way, you will find such gratification, such satisfaction, and this is the difference between being complacent and being content. Yeah. Okay, two very, very strong words. There's an author that I, found, I stumbled across, across. His name is Mark Bollinger, and he said it like this. Christian contentment means that no matter what happens, you are fully satisfied in Jesus. Christian complacency means that no matter what happens, you are fully self-satisfied with your current personal effort in pursuing Christ. And that's the major difference. Being content means, okay, whatever happens, it just happens. But God made it a way to say, God, how come I fell short? Maybe I fell short of God's standard. But God said, no, you're missing the whole picture. There was a standard, but there was a lesson in that standard too. If you would just hang on to my word, if you would just hang on, okay, I will. I will show you the way. And when you are ready, you will see the root, right? So if you get lost, it's okay. So in case you do get lost, I know a lot of people have said, um, some people even have, uh, what do they call those devices in their cars? What shows you? Oh, yeah, GPS. What do we call it? Global system, satellite. I, I know what it means, but I wanted to just get it out there and say, you know what, let me change it. Going on to my second point, if you've lost your route or lost sight of your route, you tap into your GPS. Your GPS is God's perfect solutions. Okay, and there's a reason why I linked the device that provides you direction uh, provides you what we call those waypoints, little stops along the way. It'll show you if you're hungry, you've got a place to eat. If you're out of gas, you've got a place to stop for gas. If you need to rest, you have hotels. That's what a GPS does. In the same sense, God's perfect solution systems, if you get lost in life, you've got a way back. If you're hungry, there's the Word of God. Okay? If you're out of gas and you're weary, He will give you your fuel. Um, and if you're hungry, oh, did I say hungry? Hungry, lost, uh, lost your way. God's perfect solutions. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all have sinned. We were born lost. Okay? We were born lost. We were born as sinners. This is not really our fault. We can blame that um, and, 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 and the serpent. But that's what I wanted to talk about because it's okay that we're not perfect. God gave us a way to get back to his perfection, his excellence. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ. So how do we access our GPS? Okay, It's not something that we just keep charged and plug in. It's always there, but through prayer. Okay, through the word of God. We open these things, we just read it. God, I feel so lost today. God, I'm hungry for you. God, I, I'm lonely. You start reading the word. God says, okay, if you're lost, I will show you direction. If you're thirsty and you're hungry for something, I will give you sustainment. Okay, if you're, um, if you're lost, I will give you direction. If, if, if you need anything, God's perfect solutions, his GPS, 
It's better than any GPS out there. You don't even need to update it, right? There's a lot of cars that after a while, they've recorded something new. You need updates in your GPS. God's GPS never needs to update it. It was written for the, for the time being forever. I think that's a really, really awesome thing. We all get lost. Again, it's okay. We were meant to be imperfect so that we could seek perfect. We were born, created by excellence so that we could seek excellence. This is purpose by design. This is God's perfect design. Again, which route will you choose? It's okay to be lost. Just take along your GPS. Don't purposely seek the high road when God said, this is the easy road. My son, my daughter, I have provided you a solution. Why would you purposely wander into the desert when God said, just hang on. I will provide you a way. I will provide you a solution. Just hang on and just follow me. Use your GPS. It's no sense in having a GPS system if you never use it. Sometimes, and all the times, we will get lost. Your GPS there is there for free. No subscription necessary. You don't pay monthly. You don't pay anything. All you have to do is just access it every now and then, okay? And you'll remember that your GPS is always available for you. So my first point again was, where's the root? You have to know that God has provided you a root. My second point was, you're going to get lost. It's okay. So if you're lost on the root, you access God's GPS, God's perfect solutions. Point number three, know your roots. It's really, really important that you know your roots because when you get lost and you can't access GPS, you have a really, really cool way of almost like self getting yourself back close. When you sort of find it, ah, I remember. It's somewhere along this route. You haven't been to this one place in a long time and said, I remember there was this something. We call those waypoints. Or we remember that stone that you had uncovered, that milestone in your life that you had through God's grace. You'll remember some of these things. When you know your roots, you also remember who you are and whose you are. That's a really, really big factor. Very, very important that you know who you are uh, in yourself, in your character, who you are in the world, who you are in your society, who you are in your family, and also whose you are. You don't belong to the world. If you're a child of God, you really, really know that he created you for a very, very special purpose. Every now and then, when we do lose our way, there's a couple of things. I think I wrote down 10, and I can have these notes for anybody, and I wrote down the first 10 that I found, I researched, and I amassed, and I, you know, um, was able to get reference to. If you want to, you can repeat after me because this is a good reminder. This is to help you know who you are and whose you are. I am a child of God. I am anointed by God. I am loved by God. I am free, free indeed. I am seated in heavenly places. I am justified and redeemed. I am more than a conqueror. I am the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. And not the tail, above and not beneath. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. 
I am born of God, and the evil one does not touch me. And born of God, and the evil one does not touch me. You know, we were bought and redeemed by the blood of Christ at no matter what the cost. God did this way in advance, and he knew that he was going to do it. Okay? Only him and Jesus knew at the time that he was going to die for everything, for everybody. So I'm going to do a flashback, and this was what I was reminded of um, over the last 10 years of uh, my personal walk. When I said bought and redeemed by the blood of Christ, there was a point in my life 10 years ago, Sister Amanda was very, very evident in that time of my life, and, she, and I really, maybe she has forgotten uh, my simple conversation. Maybe I haven't said so, but I'll take this opportunity since we are talking about who you are and who's you are. I had a conversation with God in a very, very dark and And basically, in a nutshell, over a period of time, I really just asked God, can I be saved from this situation? And he didn't answer me, like, right away. I was, I was waiting for here, you know, if you ask somebody a question, how do you get to A to Z? And they said, well, they'll give you an answer right away. Well, you take a left, make a right, go two miles, go two red lights, take a left to stop, you'll be there. But when I asked God, when I, in my prayer time, in my desperate prayer time, this is like, you're dying, okay? You're, you're, you don't have money to get to church. You don't have a penny to your name. You don't have um, the will or the strength to struggle any longer with your personal faith. And I said, God, if you can hear me, how, long, how much longer am I going to be in this state? I wasn't seeing the light of day. I opened my eyes. I really felt like it was still dark. I closed my eyes and it was dark. That's how tormented I was. Nobody put me into that situation except for myself. So I didn't blame him. I just really, really knew that deep down, long, long time ago, when my parents first started taking me to church, they were actually planting roots. Okay? So how this is all connected is even... I would, I'm going to say 25 years from after those first roots and those first little seedlings were planted, I didn't go to church to hear for a sermon, you know, hear a sermon when I was young. I went to church because mom and dad said so, okay? But in that same way, and Marianne mentioned it earlier, my daughter as a cheerful giver, I'm planting roots. I'm planting seedlings into my young four-year-old that one day when she knows the lesson about being a cheerful giver, in that same sense, what my parents had did for me many, many years ago, they were planting roots. So back to my story was I cried out and I cried out and I cried out. I didn't hear an answer. I did not hear an answer. But what I did was wait, okay? And I waited very impatiently, okay? I'm not going to lie. I'm a human being. And when you ask for a question, you expect some sort of response, whether you like the response or not. But I do believe in the long run, the response that I was going to get if God had said, okay, I'll give you the answer you want. It wasn't going to be the answer that I would want to hear from him anyways. Therefore, I believe he chose to wait for the right time to give me the answer or to point me in direction back to my root that I was lost from. Okay? And eventually, I asked the question again, how much longer? What would it take? So he and I went back and forth. It's like a you go negotiate on a house or something. There's some negotiations. I put up a price, and there's a counteroffer. Uh, counteroffer comes back to me, and I think about it. Eh, maybe not so. But in the long run, it basically says, God, 
if I could get out of this situation, if I could cut and be severed away from the darkness that was pulling me out of my life, Lord, if you could restore my vision in seeing that there is good to become out of this life, okay, I will follow and I will serve you. I don't think that was a too much to ask, meaning I didn't ask him to make everything perfect. I knew that I wasn't going to be walking in perfect, but I just asked to be saved. It saved again. A lot of times I keep getting to situations where God just saved me, you know? Uh, and that's just life. Those are circumstances. I always chose the high road. I always chose the long way. God gave me a straight route or route, and I take my own route. And the funny story about it, and the whole gist of that story, the reason why I brought it up to you was his GPS system was way evident before I put it to paper. God's perfect solutions were always there. Perfect solutions. My solutions were not the solutions for, let's say, Pastor Jay. If we had similar problems, my solutions wouldn't be able to apply for him. But there were a personal set of directions, a certain set of um, coordinates and timing and all that is really, really just because I pursued God on a personal um, level. So bottom line, to know your roots, and those are the first 10 that came to mind, God will begin to tug on your heart, and eventually you will regain full access to your GPS. and never goes away. Point number one, where's the root? Point number two, lost the root. Number three, know your roots. And number four, grow your roots. Okay. The reason why I wanted to talk about roots as a childhood is it allows everybody to be reminded of we didn't all just get born as adults. We go through journeys. We go through lives. We go through experiences. We go through heartaches. And we go through triumphant times. We go through good times and bad times. But we go through it. Okay? This is what we call life. So jumping back to our verse um, in 5 through 7 of Peter, uh, it teaches that God has in fact called us to pursue excellence, and there are seven virtues that he outlines and Peter writes down. And we talked about them uh, briefly. We talked about virtue. Um, when we add to virtue knowledge, to knowledge we add self-control, to self-control we add perseverance, and to perverse um, perseverance we add godliness, to godliness we add kindness. And to kindness, we add brotherly kindness. Um, the reason why those are your lifeline, okay, those are Christian virtues. Those are characteristics or goals that every Christian man and woman ought to try to get to, okay? Because you attain those, it does not define you as a Christian. Those are supplements, okay? Those are the extras, the ones that keep you sustained is a personal lifeline that you pray and you have a personal relationship with your Lord and Jesus, um, your Savior, and you have a, a, a daily and a regular opportunity. Sometimes I do it five minutes during traffic. Sometimes I blank out during lunch. I jump out and I listen to whatever I want to listen to. Late at night, I just want to spend time and just listen. I throw on a podcast. You don't have to come to church on every single Sunday and, and expect that your Christian life will be done for you. It is a personal journey, okay? But the personal gratification and satisfaction comes when the results that you're looking for are then displayed to you because you personally sought them. 
Um, there's no cookie cutter set of solutions for everybody. Everybody's got a different journey. Everybody's got a different set of problems. But everybody also has the opportunity to freely seek their savior in such a way that he knows you. He wants to hear your voice. Every now and then, you know, it's like, you know, God, can you hear me? It's like, of course, I hear you, Danny. I know your voice, all right? He knows my voice because I called his name, okay? He also knows, I also know his voice because I called out his name. And it doesn't happen freely. You've got to go out and chase it and want it and take it yourselves. So what I asked when I virtues were there to supplement our faith. It does not define your faith. You're not a Christian because you have or you are you know, labeled these seven virtues or characteristics. So we add these things to our faith. And when you add these things, it only makes you stronger. Okay, so what I aken or liken this to be is, you know, in order to uh, grow your roots, you had to add a little bit of fertilizer. Okay, it's, it's not the self-sustaining, it's not the water, it's not the sun that makes your roots strong alone. You add nutrients, you add the potassium, like just like our lawns, you add a certain amount of zinc, some amount of iron, some amount of potassium. But the faith things, okay, these virtues are what you add to your, can strengthen your Christian roots. So if your roots are strong, you'll be able to weather those storms in your life. Okay, with high winds recently, we had crazy rain, we had tornadoes recently, but those trees who had the deepest, strongest roots, they didn't waver at all. But the newly planted trees, the short ones, the thin and uh, immature roots, those were easily swayed. And even some of them were actually uprooted and pulled out of the ground. We as Christians, we have roots. We ought to strengthen those roots. So one day when we do run into issues, okay, we'll be able to say, you know what? I'm going to cling on to the word of God. I'm going to cling on to his promises. I'll be fine. I'll weather the storm. It's just for a moment, as Pastor Lam would say. Just for a moment. <clears throat> but you got to be careful around these roots. As you strengthen roots, sometimes some weeds get in those flower beds. Sometimes weeds get in your way. These weeds, I'm going to call those things that interfere with your, your roots growth. Okay. Number one, killers, sin. Okay, you can't do this or show this thing on a Sunday and Monday through Friday, you don't know anything about what you're talking about. Okay, it's not for the person who stands up here to feed you so much that it'll take you through your Monday through Friday life or your Monday through Saturday life. And every Sunday you come back up here for a charge or a quick solution or, or a little bit more of that nutrients that you needed so that it'll take you to the next week. No, you've got to you know, establish a point where it becomes second nature. Just as you breathe, you seek God, okay? It's what we call like, like white on rice, right? You've got to have it. You can't just do one thing and expect everything to be done in accordance to that. You pursue God, he, he pursues you back, okay? That's the way God works. He's, he didn't create the relationship only to be one way, right? He didn't do all that just to say, okay, so you're saved. I'll see you in heaven, okay? It's, just, it's the journey. It's the experiences that you're like, oh my gosh, God took me through this situation. I'm not standing here, you know, by coincidence, okay? I went through heck and back to come back, and finally, at the urging and the prompting of God, that I could stand up here and actually share something that I hope can at least help or save one person. It's always my goal to encourage somebody, okay? Uh, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect at all. 
just a quick tidbit that this weekend my wife and I celebrated our sixth year wedding anniversary. Okay, that is um, a very, very big and awesome accomplishment. But in the card I wrote to her, okay, and I'm gonna share, she's probably gonna poke me later and then say, why did you share all that? But anyways, she's not here in the, the room. I told her you're not perfect, but you're perfect for me. Okay, it's very, very different. I didn't ask for something perfect. I didn't ask God to be perfect for me, but I asked him to be perfect. I mean, I didn't ask him to be a perfect God, because sometimes when we think, God, why did you let me do that? Why did you let me falter? Why did you take that person out of my life? Why did you give that person into my life? Why did you take my parents away? Why did you take my grandparents away? Why didn't I get that job? Why didn't I get that raise? We ask a lot of why, why, why questions, but God said, shh, I'm God, okay? Fear not, okay? I have already overcome. He's already said that in his word. So, I did not ask for a perfect person. I just knew that there was a perfect person for me, and that is my wife. So, happy anniversary to her, happy anniversary to me and us. Um, so, back to what I want to say. You have to supplement your roots. Make them stronger, make them grow longer, so that when those times of uh, challenges um, start to happen, you know for sure you're not, you're not going to be wavering. Okay? You be deep-rooted, not just short-rooted, and make sure you don't let those sin weeds get in your way. If the sin weeds get in your way, you pluck them. Clear out, clear out everything that's going to hinder the growth of your root. So point number one, where's the root? Point number two, you're lost in the root, or you've lost the root. Point number three, know your roots. Point number four, grow your roots. And last but not least, number five, show your roots. Okay? We were called to be influence or be influences, influencers of the world um, when we're called fishers of men. Matthew 4.19, I've got it here. We're called by God uh, to be influence in the world all around us. Jesus began teaching this very early on in his ministry. He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And there's another verse that says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be salty again? So back in the day, we all know that they didn't have Samsung and LG, uh, Frigid Air, Maytag, Whirlpool, KitchenAid, all the nice fancy stainless refrigerators that are out there right now. All they had was salt, and they had to expose it to air. Um, and the first thing they wanted to keep and preserve as long as possible was meat. They use meat to preserve. They use uh, um, they use salt to preserve. They also use salt to flavor enhance. But if it's salt and it's not salty and it loses its ability to be salty, that meat's not being preserved. Neither is that meat gonna taste any good. We got some cooks in the house and they know that sometimes you add a little bit of nikmam, okay? Sometimes you add a little bit of salt. Sometimes you add a bit of sugar. But man, when you are talking about men and people who just want to eat some meat you add a little bit of salt, and that salt enhances everything. But only if it remains its saltiness. So believers in Christ are to be the preservatives, the ones who save and enhance the world. Too often, too close for comfort, evils all around us. And that's what I'm talking about, is this sin. If we're going to be salty, and we're doing it for a reason, this is the reason to be influencers in the world. Okay, people ought to be able to see you and say, that person, that woman, that guy, that man, a little bit different. Maybe I'll get to him and figure out why 
that person stands apart from the next person next to them. So we're also called to do good works of Christ that may shine for all to see. In verse 13, I think this is verse 14, Matthew 5. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Be light in the darkness as well as to that the truth of God's word so that it can shine into the darkened hearts of mankind. So this is not an opportunity for us to, to self, uh, what is it, gloat? Is that the right word? Where you just say, you know, it's all about me. I'm a Christian, but you know what? You know, look at me. Look what I've accomplished. Look how good this is. things look. Look how successful I am. Uh, look how uh, proud I am. Look, look at all my personal belongings. Look at my drive. Where, uh, where I am in my life. Look at my kids, my house. I mean, it's not none of that is what the whole port of shining was about. That was basically to say, I have been so blessed. I have been so faithful. Okay, when you flip this around, I have been waiting on God. God has then, in turn, allowed me to bless others back. I have this. I have that because God had given that to me. Those are gifts. Those are blessings. I have been faithful. I gave. God gave back. That is the avenue of being. Um, seen in the light. It's not the opportunity for us to be selfish, for us to be seen for our own sake, but also so that you might glorify your Father who is in heaven. That's There it is. We don't do it so people can see us. I'm not a Christian so that people can say, oh, you know, he goes to church, he stands in front of people, he plays, whatever. It's not about that. It's about the heart. Okay, It's about the effort. It's about you know, one day somebody's going to see this recording and say, you know what, that was so true. I've lost the route. You know, where's my GPS? Have I accessed my GPS? So I'm doing this not for myself. I didn't mention my name one day today because it's not about me. Everybody here who knows me is because we're family. And if you're not family, I hope I get to know you so that we can all be family because it's a little bit different. But I do this because God said, you know what, you have a story to tell you. I've taken you through that for a special reason. Help somebody. Help yourself help somebody. Okay? This is you shining. This is your light being shown. Where's the root? Lost the root. Know your roots. Grow your roots. And show your roots. Try to make it very, very simple so that we understand and can get to a point. Uh, I'm about to close and Pastor Jay can come up and... Uh, Get us ready to, to close. I talked about this message mainly today was I had instances recently where I really felt that as I was making strides in life, as I was making progress, you know, um, things were starting to get really good and really comfortable, but something flashed back and it was just like, like just a quick glimpse of where I was years past. And that's so that I can be reminded not to lose sight of where I came from because I had my roots deep, deep, deep down. And I used those roots to get me back when I got lost. Uh, and I know that if I'm able to encourage somebody to grow your roots, show your roots, strengthen your roots, make sure that when you get lost, you can access God's perfect solutions. All of these are just a very, very personal way of me being um, faithful and being cognizant of, of my personal journey as part of my personal testimony. But like I said, it's white on rice. If I were to pursue God 
it, it has to be a, a two-way thing. If I go for God and I call myself a Christian, I have to live a Christian life. Okay, and Christian life means not perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect Christian life. But a personal and um, very self-centered way to personally pursue God for my, for my self-sustainment. I think if, that's, if I could say it like that. It's to show my young ones, okay, we do things differently in this house. We go to church every single Sunday, and we got to be not feeling all too hot for us not to make it. If you're not feeling too hot and mom and dad can go, mom and dad will go, okay, because that's what we do. Okay, it's not because everybody else does it. It's because we purposely have chosen to lead our children in that lifestyle. We planted those roots very early on, and one day, Kara and Caleb can come back and, and show their friends and their kids. Okay, we do things differently. Okay. Um, if you don't mind, we'll stand. Um, this is what I wanted to share today. I think I've been as close to um, what God had really put in my heart. Uh, the root and the root to excellence, it starts, number one, if you, if you want to, you pursue it. Nobody's going to make you do it. It's because you want better. You want good. You want godly. Pursue God uh, with the mindset of excellence. There's a perfect root and there's your root. I guarantee you, your root's not going to be good as the perfect root. But that's okay because if you get lost, access God's perfect solutions via His GPS. Father God, Lord, we thank you for it's an awesome Sunday. Time that we can dig into the to the Word, um, fellowship with our brothers and sisters meet and greet some family and friends Lord but most importantly it's to spend time publicly um, Lord as you have given me a message to share with your people Lord and I hope that I've done uh, as accurately as possible that you provide a way for us to get back to you when we're lost um, but you also have shown us that we plant our roots deep and we strengthen it by chasing after you on a daily basis that we can weather the storms and we're going to encounter storms we already know that Lord but those storms are not going to be anything because you have provided a way to get through anything that is um, in our way. We cling on to you because our roots are strong in you. We'll strengthen it by fertilizing it with your word. Lord. We'll strengthen it by fertilizing it with prayer, with meditation, fasting. Whatever you ask us to do that keeps us closer to you and further away from the world. Yes, Lord, we live in the world, but we are not of the world. We thank you for this time of fellowship. We thank you for just hanging out with us. Thank you for the, the urgency um, that you would press on our spirits, Lord. Somebody out there, via the web here locally, let it be a reminder that when we wake up tomorrow, Lord, that there's a good route to take and that your perfect solutions are just that. They're perfect. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I close out, I just really wanted to share this message. It was fun. It was, uh, I jogged my brain a little bit for the memory part to find out, you know, was it really me at that time? Was that one of those things that God did and I kind of stepped in front of him? I answered my prayer by stepping in front of God's answers. So those are the hindrances that we